0: Bill, we were talking about um, Bobby Eaton, your, your uh, Midnight Express, your son-in-law. And uh, we were trying to figure out how that came about. And you said you were in the dark and didn't know about the courting process for a little while. And you were trying to figure out how it is. But here we've got your, your daughter, Donna. And she's going to refresh her memory and tell how it all fell, fell out, come up to, to
1: light for you. All right. Are you still there? I'm um, sure all right. Well, here we go. We, we're wanting to know how I found out about you and BL eating dating.
2: Okay. Well, it's quite a funny story. But anyway, Bob and I have been dating for about nine months. So I told Bobby. I said, "Well, I think I probably should tell my dad." So anyway, as I decided to tell you, it happened to be uh, Christmas. And we were in the family room having Christmas dinner, not the kitchen table, but the nice dining room table. So we're sitting there and we're beginning to eat our Christmas dinner and um, I mumbled under my breath that I was dating a wrestler and you said, what? And I mumbled it again and then Beverly got hysterical and said, you're dating a wrestler? And she says, Bill! And you go, well, who is it? And I said, Bobby Eaton. And you had already set your knife and fork down. You proceed to pick up your knife and fork to start eating. Mom's hysterical. Bill, Bill, we don't want her to date a wrestler. And you looked at my mother and you said, well, Beverly, no, we did not want her to date a wrestler. But if she was going to date a wrestler, she picked the best. And you picked up your knife and fork and you began to eat. But my mother was still hysterical. But you were very happy that it was Bobby Eaton because you said I couldn't have picked a nicer guy.
0: True. And that was the story but I was terrified to tell you well uh, I, we were talking uh, Donna and he uh, said that he was kind of he was the last one in, in wrestling to know that it was a good secret because Bobby was always so stone faced and, and never gave any emotion or said anything so he didn't pick up anything he had probably worked him worked with him worked against him and Uh, Never caught a clue.
2: thing was the funny part of the story was back in those days the business was so protected and Daddy Dundee protected the business like nobody else and so when Bobby and I were getting married, Bill and Dad I mean Dad and Bobby were doing an angle and beating each other up every Saturday night at the Fairgrounds and. Bill politely looked at me and he said, Well, Donna Joy, I'm sorry, but if you think I'm going to walk you down the aisle to a guy I'm beating up every Saturday night, that ain't going to happen. And I was like, Oh, okay. So we went off to Huntsville and got married, but and then called mom and dad and told him, but no, Bill was, he protected the business like you wouldn't believe. I mean, that's the way it was back then. That was the way it was.
0: Truth to the end. That's, that's right. right. All right. Thank you, yes. Donna. I appreciate you clearing all that up.
1: Thank you, Donna Joy. <laughs> All right, love you. All
0: right, Bill, we were clearing that up. Got a call in from your daughter, Donna, uh, about how you were in the dark with uh, her dating Bobby Eaton.
1: Yeah, for about a year.
0: <laughs>
1: and he would come to the house or do, you know, the thing, or I would see him, on, you know, at the matches. And not one inkling did I pick up on nothing, but you know Bob, his face never changes. He's, no, he's not... He didn't,
0: didn't give any emotion away? Didn't
1: or? Give no emotion. So, and my daughter, she... Kayfabe it real good too, but I, I think didn't.
0: I think you got work pretty
1: good. Yeah, I'm telling you. But I, I got my own back on my down. I didn't walk it down the aisle, not that I did shooting, but I wasn't breaking kayfabe for nothing. That was how it was. So I just said, well, I can't go to the wedding. Can't walk you down the aisle. <laughs> Isn't that awful?
0: Uh, it does sound a little extreme, but that's-
1: that But was... that was how I was brought up. Just, you know, they shouldn't have been dating. They shouldn't <laughs> have been marrying. <laughs> but anyway, they did and it happened ever after and they have a couple of kids and they're still together, I guess I don't know how much romance is still together but oh, okay. they're still living in the same house
0: <laughs> all right well that that's uh, most fans probably they uh, either don't know it or know of it but uh there there's the finish to it right um, hey uh, a fan uh sent in a question asking uh something odd about uh, uh how it came about that uh, uh, George Barnes came back over and y'all had the feud. How did y'all set that up for him to come back over and threw out an odd thing? Uh, asking about part of the angle, uh, um, Cousin Bluey or Cousin Blue, and I didn't have a clue. And you could wow. fill us in on what the heck that meant or... Did it have anything to do with anything?
1: Well, to me and George, it did. But to anybody else—if you have red hair in Australia, they call you blue. Everybody's blue; it has red hair. Hey, they blue. They blue. You know. So if you have red hair, that—I don't know why they call you blue. But I lived in Australia for twenty. Years. But anyway, we got a guy to work with us, and we didn't really have a name for him. So we said, we'll just call him Cousin Blue. So George thought that was great, and that's how Cousin Blue was born. I can't remember what we did with him. Did we beat him up or something?
0: I, I'll have to I have to check into it. That just got thrown at me, and I, I didn't yeah, remember it. So, so, so I mean,
1: to anybody out there, if you know, yeah. post it somewhere, because I really don't remember what we did with Cousin Blue. We'll have
0: to figure out who he ended up being <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: <man>. who he was. <laughs> yeah.
0: well, how, how long or, or what popped in? Uh, I know George went home uh, homesick and ready to go. Go back, but um, he he was okay with coming for a visit and doing a I ain't yeah, doing the
1: deal. So we did the, the, the little thing. That that was the obvious thing to do when he came here. Sure, we'd he left you high and dry. And, yeah, and we kind of stayed mad at him. And he, hey, you got a yank for because George kept the Australian thing going. I said, well, George, you left me, you damn it. What what's it gonna do, you know? So anyway, that we go into do a little beef, and then we had a few matches, and then he went home again.
2: Uh,
0: last week you told me an interesting Tommy Rich story and um, you got a lot of response, a lot of people have been commenting about it, but uh, you threw in there and, and that's what they wanted to know the rest of the story, you threw in that uh, one night y'all swapped black, black eyes when y'all were traveling the road together and you said that's a story for another time this is uh, another time
1: alcohol and wrestling does not mix <laughs> uh, so we went in the hotel room and I guess we was drinking and carrying on. He said, son, and I said, son, and you know how VR things get out of hand, so I don't know if he punched me first or I punched him first, but anyway, I ended up with a black eye, so that was really the thing, just alcohol
0: and stupidity and uh, just the right. out of hand. So alcohol and
1: stupidity, that's so exactly what it was.
0: There's no big story behind that, just no a goofy No real big night.
1: story, no reason for the fight, except we drank too much. <laughs> Fair enough. all right if you're all out there and you're looking for a new roof why don't you give baker roofing a call at 901-574-7775 and if you call that number tell them the superstar told you to call you'll get 10 percent off your new roof
0: hey bill we were talking about um you know every now and then somebody would uh, stop and give a girl a hug or kiss or get a flower or shake a kid's hand or high-five somebody. It was a little different when you had the Rock and Roll Express come out, all that excitement, and they stopped and hugged about every girl, and every girl was crowding them, and right. it was a whole ring entrance, and it was part of the show. And then everybody started kind of getting on the bandwagon, and it mm-hmm. took away from it.
1: They're still doing it today, and they don't really yep. know why they're doing and, and it,
0: it. And it's, every time, it's less meaning and less meaning. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, we wanted Ricky and Robert to be different, Yeah. which they were, and they were good-looking Guys, and, and we, we used to just hug everybody.
0: You made a comment in the last few months. We were at matches, and you said, "Now, I've got this big ugly guy in there. I'm gonna go have a fight with. Now, I'm gonna stop and be worried about hugging every girl and taking every picture and talking." It didn't didn't make sense. No. So it took away from it. I mean, like you yeah. said, if if there was a pretty girl who got your attention, okay, or you high five the right. kid, but you kept moving, you're you going stopped. into battle.
1: Yeah. And and that would be right. I mean, the boxers don't stop, but they, they just walk to the ring, get gloved up, and do whatever. The MMA boys don't stop. So and I, I mean, to me, it was real. The big old boy, the, the Mongolian stomper standing in the ring waiting on you. You ain't going to be hugging pretty girls or doing nothing or shaking hands. You just think concentrating well, on that. I hope I get through this. So and believe me, the Mongolian stomper, woo, he was what did what he looked like, big, muscly. Woo. Strong, brute. It
0: was, was, he, he doesn't sound like it was a night off working with him. No, it
1: was not. Now, the working part, you know, that was all right, but he worked hard and Archie was in shape. Archie Goldie was his real name. He'd ride bikes and run and do all, you couldn't blow him up. So you just fought for your life. Yeah. And when you're the litless guy there, you're really fighting for your life.
0: Um. Talking about just the, the sometimes we, we say today, the, the psychology of the story, you know, it's hard to believe a lot of things, but when there's no foundation right. for it, or right. nothing means anything, it's hard to get emotionally you know right. invested in it. When right. you would go out as as the good guy going, what would be your approach from the dressing room to the ring to carry through the match, What you definitely would do and wouldn't do, To keep it in that realm of believability.
1: Well, being the smallest guy, that's you know, I mean, see, and even in real life, if you go to the bar and you're drinking and a fight starts and there's a bigger guy and a small guy, you'll you'll cheer for the small guy just because he's the small guy. So I had that on my side, and I was always the smallest guy in the ring. I never seemed like I was bigger than anybody unless it was a mixed tag with a midget. (laughs) But, But every day, seven days a week, whoever I wrestled would be taller than me and probably thicker and bigger. May not be as good looking as me. No, they never were as good looking as me, but anyway, that part... The size thing, I had that in my mind going to the ring. I said, well, if this was a shoot real, I could beat that big son of a gun. And I went to the ring with that in mind. And and, and I think it came across as far as the people, well, that's a tough little son of a gun. Well, that's why I wanted them to think. And I learned, like I told you, I started off in judo and do a little amateur wrestling. So I wasn't really how would you say, I never thought anybody could beat me, which the lot could, but I never thought, and I had portrayed that in the pro ranks too as far as, well, if he go and beat me, he's going to know he's been in a fight, so if the big guy was going over, well, that would be all right too, but I would go in there and fight for my life, and I think the people understood that, well, the little son of a gun, he's going to give it all he got, and that's what I did. Now, today, and you hate, there's some well, I don't know. There's anybody five foot seven and two hundred and ten pounds working seven nights a week made the money we did. I mean, that you know it was you watched Memphis Wrestling. Everybody bigger than Bill, yeah. but not as cute. So uh, that helped, and uh, so I think the the size of me, the people got behind me just because I was smaller.
0: You are. Uh, I'm going off the trail here, but uh, you mentioned midgets. Uh, Little Tokyo popped in my head. I worked around him. He was a funny little guy, but he was very intense. I didn't know if you had a little Tokyo story, or um, uh, I think he had a 12-pack for breakfast. That was he was a.
1: Yeah, he did. I've been around him, but not really a lot. So, but like you said, he, he was a funny guy. He was funny in the dressing room, but he was intense in the ring. So, I mean, he was a midget wanting to be my size, I guess. <laughs> and I was my size wanting to be six foot two. So, I guess it just goes with the territory. But, yeah, he was, he was an intense little fellow.
0: How much different approach was you going out as a heel? I mean, obviously you would uh, change personality or sort of characteristics, but how much different approach was that to a match once you got in there?
1: Well, the... the you cheated as a, as a heel, you know what I mean? You you, you did things that that you pull hair, you pull tight, and I would do it as the good guy. So the people would just cheer when you did it as the good guy, and boo you when you did it as the bad guy. So my style never really changed. Was
0: it? Did you enjoy working Both. after you actually working in there, working the match? Did, was there a yeah. preference?
1: Yeah, there was. A, I I enjoyed beating you up as the heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because I cheated and did things that, that healed things
0: you know that that brings me back to something um, I, I've never I've never caught on to uh, the flipping and flopping and, and all of that type of wrestling but recently in the last couple months I, I've come to terms with the Star Twins just because they've you know they've worked each other since they were playing in the living room as babies so they had some time and or Blake Christian, I've seen him do some. I finally caught on that there's some timing and talent there, but I still, I, I would, I still can't take the the flips and and, and twists, like you say, into a real fight. Right. With the old karate movies, it was interesting if a if a guy ran up the wall and kicked you at a different angle, and it, it at least made some sense that he used something to, to fight it. you yeah. with. Yeah. But me just flipping, twisting, and and doing another flip. Seems like I'm hurting myself, taken away from fighting you. When all of this is elaborate moves, 10 moves, and you or Lala could have just done a simple punch, I would have believed in it and it would have told the story. Same reaction. She would have made something right. different, so.
1: See, that was the difference. We went to the ring believing it was real and we was convincing the guy on the front row it was real. And if you get punched in the face, yeah, there was no blood, and I'd understand that part. So, well, there's no blood. I un- we understood sometimes, we got a little juice. But most of the time they'd hit you, and there'd be no blood, but it was a believable punch, and Have you ever got punched by all believe me, there were believable punches so the' flipping and the flop, and I can't get into it either i mean I, when I watch what the that guy does his own stunts in the them action pack movie the Little Chinaman isn't that awful? Can't think his name know <laughs> as good as my own Jackie no, I, Chan Jackie Chan no Jackie Chan is the real deal and and what he does is. He does the stunts himself, but he the, the, they're, they're believable stunts. You know, when he runs up the wall, like you said, and he back flips, it's to land on you or do something to you. Right. It's... Knock you down and then whatever. So th- today the guys are doing unbelievable bumps and they won't be doing them 10 years from now, I promise you. So boys, any young guy out there and you're doing them goofy bumps, ask Bobby and what it's like he doing Twenty-five years ago, He hardly walk today. He's got have his knees done, his ankles done, and all that. You you just wear your body out. Bobby Shane told me and Barnes that when we come to Australia thirty years ago, forty years ago, he said, "Boys, you only got so many bumps in your body. Don't wear it out, and don't wear them out. So, take you know, do the bumps and do the things." George is still wrestling. I'm still wrestling because we're bodies still working.
0: Um, you know uh. You're not a wallflower in the dressing room. You tend to be vocal and shoot straight little. and say what you want to just say. A and you're pretty vocal. Uh, you're, you're not a fan of, of, of any comedy spots or comedy matches, or you almost seem to piss when somebody relies completely on that is their character. It just it takes away from, from the action of the believability. And um, somebody actually said something to me uh, in one of the dress rooms that. You didn't like that, but, you know, later in a match, you pulled something that was funny, and I and I backtracked, and I thought, well, I mean, you and Lawler both still have a couple of spots like that, but once, it seems like it's okay it's because of who the hell you are, and like you said, you would pull a, a questionable move, whether you were the baby or heel. That was part of your, just who you were. Right. So today, even when I ref when your matches and I say you know did you did you pull the hair did you use the fist and you say well yeah only the one time you know it's funny because it's coming from you and the fans yeah. know that you My don't care yeah
1: do it right they there. believe you yeah so okay they believe you yeah
0: and, and as the ref what are you supposed to do it's Bill Dundee who just said yeah I did it one time so you move on yeah so it's it's believable because it's Boy, you've always done,
1: it, done right. things, you know, it, it's backed well, up on something. We've done funny spots, don't get me wrong, even me, me and Lawler did it, but there's a difference between a funny spot and a 3 studio spot. Yeah. You know, I mean, just one little move and it's funny, blah, 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 But some of them, and I'm not saying athletics isn't, some of you guys, out there, unbelievable. But that's for the gym you and know when you watch gymnasts doing their things, they're unbelievable too. But you can't do it the real fight.
0: When it's back to back to back, each right. comedy move, it does take away just as a yeah. fan that it's a real fight. Something's right. really going on here, yeah. you know. Because
1: uh, see, we went to the ring believing it was real, and we were going to convince everybody in the front row it was real. And to me, it's still real. And the word "fake" gets heat with me if anybody says it's fake. Predetermined, maybe like I said before, predetermined. But the word fate, never.
0: Well, uh, you've uh, you've got several things coming up uh, on Bill Street on uh, August 25th, Saturday afternoon. They're going to do it. Uh, uh, Big Lou's Blue Note on Bill. They're going to do a, a, a memorial a tribute Brickhouse. to Brickhouse Brown. Uh, I think Rocky Johnson and uh, yourself, uh, Reggie, be fine. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but several people are going to be there, going to have a couple matches, and it's just going to be a get together and a tribute and a memorial to Brookhouse Brown coming up at the end of the month. And um, I think September 1st, you're at Isla Capri Casino in Lulu,
1: Mississippi. Um, yeah, and Oscar to... Meyer, Oscar, what the hell, Oscar Meyer, and then the saucer. isn't <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> that awful? I'm uh-huh. thinking the department stuff. Yeah, works. and now you. Uh, Oscar, that, anyway. Yeah, you're, you're Oscar making me Oscar yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: you're Not making me awful. forget it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they're going to uh, do a tribute to, to Brian Christopher and Lance Russell that night. And um, I think you've got That'll to be
1: good. And I think the people will come out and see that. So, yeah, the, it's usually good anyway. So, yeah. But it's, for Lance good and B.C., that's, you know, I think it'll be good. So get your tickets, sadly, and come on down, folks. All right.
0: Hey, Bill, we were looking at the Internet. uh Learning about you, uh, come across some new things, but here's one, uh, Ohio Valley Championship Wrestling back in 97, I guess uh, Danny Davis gave you a call, and you went up to give him a boost and get him started, and uh, he'd been around a couple months, but um, you won a battle royal to win the Ohio Valley Championship. And uh, you said that you actually had an opportunity to stick around and be part of that organization from a...
1: Well, Rip I mean, Rogers stuck around for the next 10, 15 years and did very well. So, yeah. He said, why did not you move up here and you really know how you are when you do this? No, man. You miss Dundee, you go to take care. She didn't want to you know, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, it was only a fleeting conversation. It wasn't like it was a month-long negotiation. It was just... I so anyway, he went on to do good things and I was very proud for him and I went back to Tennessee and did all right.
0: Uh, they ended up being a, a developmental territory for Vince. Vince and yeah. uh, and I think Danny Davis had a solid organization there just oh, locally. Yeah.
1: And he he was another one that was real to Danny. So, you know, he was old school. So
0: He actually just sold it recently to Al Snow and uh, I see their... Uh, I think maybe this week or next week they're doing their thousandth episode of TV and uh, maybe some new phase, who who surprises going to show up and they're going to crown a new champion. I don't know if they're going Maybe they
1: will call me and that will be a surprise that, that, to me and them too and everybody <laughs> else. So, whenever, Al Snow, call your old buddy Bill Dundee. I'll come up there and put you over.
0: <laughs> you heard it right here. Uh, we also were uh, just flipping through uh, Wikipedia where everybody goes and uh Saw that you and uh, Jerry Lawler had actually had the AWA World Tag Team titles twice. That was a surprise to me, but I was even more surprised that it was a surprise to you.
1: Yeah, I I remember the first time, but I don't remember twice.
0: (laughs) It's gotten the records, and they can get a little fishy on uh, some of this Wikipedia stuff, but it says that um, I think we both uh, understood that you had beat Soledad and Doug Summers had replaced... um, um, Boris Zerkov, who went to WWF uh, in Memphis and y'all had the titles for a couple of weeks but it hasn't it listed that you had dropped it to Dr. D which was a, a mass local guy uh, and Hector Guerrero
1: and I don't ever remember Hector being in the AWA Just, I, I, I,
0: the match was played you're supposed to have dropped it in Memphis so that would have been I don't know why
1: Yeah.
0: where that played into Vern's
1: yeah, I, I, I don't remember Hector and that, that the other guy at all, so.
0: Beating them back for it and then dropping it to uh, the original Midnight Express, Dennis Condry and Randy Rose.
1: I remember that. That's. That happened.
0: Yeah, I remember the Doug Summers and you dropped it to Midnight Express, but uh, uh, I don't know if how, how valid the other information is, if you don't have any recollection of it. No, I don't. And point I don't
1: of view remember either. Hector and the other dude. Either.
0: Um. So, some, so, everything you read on the internet may not be true, but I, you'll take the win, won't you? Yeah. Okay. Two-time, time, two-time AWA, World AWA World Tag Team Champions. Um, but um, um, talking about some of your uh, your tag teams, the other week we were talking about uh, you got a young Tommy Rich coming in and kind of bringing him up through the ranks, and y'all were working, Dennis Condry and Phil Hickerson, and... Um, was there a, a different approach to, say, you and Tommy working at that time, him being the younger guy, and later on, uh, you and Buddy Landell had tagged in a lot of places. Was there a, a dynamic of um different way to work, different personal relationship?
1: Well, I guess uh, Tommy was the young kid, and he, you know you are when you're, you, you know, he was 18 years old, full of piss and vinegar, and this and that, and he's trying to learn everything he can. So I enjoyed working with Tommy, I enjoyed him in and out of the ring, and you know, that thing I told Jerry to think the beginning of this, him and I got drunk in a motel room and we got mad at one another and blacked one another's eyes or he have just black mine, I don't remember. But anyway, I ended up with a shyness, so <laughs> who knows, but was buddies back the next day and we're buddies today. So. And I mean, as far as, back to your question, working with Tommy back in them days and working with Buddy was a totally different match. Buddy was the nature boy, and he wanted to be treated as the nature boy, so it was a different cat and a fish working with the nature boy than it was with Tommy.
0: Yeah, you know, um, someone said actually to me last night they had, they had read something from the Scotty Too Hotty referring to him and Brian Christopher's tag team, and, he characterized it simply as um, a very little a personal interaction behind the curtains, and, you know, they they had a certain magic and chemistry when they went through the curtains. And they were uh, – this person was kind of taken back and shocked that they would – you know, as fans, we grew up and want to think that you see a tag team and they're best of pals or they – and, I you know, some situations I see people do travel together, people do uh, – you know, hang out together and, and there is a close relationship and they are a tag team. But I've seen so many times people are thrown They're together and it right is just together. A,
1: yeah. The Assassins sh- was like that. The, the original ones, Tom Renesto and Jody and Jody Hamilton. I don't think they rode up and down the road together. So show up, punch a clock, go do yeah, your thing it was what was a job. It was a job to us too. But here I I and if you was tagged up with me, I wanted to be Riding up and down the roadway and all of them, I mean I, I liked that, I, I thought.
0: And that had the uh, the familiarity and the, the chemistry and the time to talk things and figure things yeah, out and do what just naturally to. play off yeah,
1: each right. other. So I, I like being 24-7 tech. And, and
0: that, that seemed that would be very helpful, and uh, since you were on the spot live TV doing promos, that you could naturally... Play off of each other. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. Maybe it was
0: something that you saw at the gas station the night before, but yeah, you had some reference to. And that, and I don't know if uh, uh, that seemed to be the the kind of tag team that you and Buddy Landale had off. That right. Y'all actually had a, a close personal relationship, and you were yeah working and tagging and.
1: The, the thing was the way we both liked to chase the young ladies, so that <laughs> that was a good thing too. So that yeah.
0: Yeah it. uh it, it it came through across the screen right. that the, yeah. y'all were, were tagging in, day and uh, night. Yeah. And,
1: day yeah. and night, 24-7 okay. we was a tag team. Yeah,
0: now uh, I guess you and Lawler, it was a little different. Y'all showed up, went to the ring and...
1: Yeah, me and Lawler never rode together. Well, we have, so we'll never say never, but Buddy was seven days a week. Lawler every now and again he would ride with you and do his thing and he did like do what he did and I like to do what I did and it was different.
0: You know that that even points out a, a another angle to the chemistry or magic that you and Lawler have because y'all can just show up cold and there it is. Right. I mean, so it's Turn a different experience. Yeah. Um. It's a, it's a Here,
1: here's the thing, and I don't know if Jerry Jarrett said this just to, but he put the seed in Lawler's head and my head that we didn't really like one another. He said to me, you know, that Jerry Lawler don't really like you, he <laughs> said he puts up with you because you did. and then he said the same thing, well that little son of a bitch don't like you Lawler. So, so that's in the back of your head when you go to the ring? wasn't mine I don't know if the king <laughs> thought that I, well it's like it. you know so and you work hard but I, that, in the end I think we figured out it was just something Jarrett putting our head to have something that-
0: and you know that that was that just thin line of reality that held everything together just a doubt or a question yeah. that even had you working your own self which yeah. only added to our view mm-hmm. of it so um, I see that uh Jerry Jarrett has uh, uh, made it known that he's coming to your birthday party that's going to be at um, Jerry Law's place on Bill Street. Randy Hills will put out the information, coordinate a birthday party for you on October 24th. Yes,
1: yeah, so we're uh, inviting you all. Come on down.
0: Now, it says a birthday party, but uh, don't get too it, comfortable because it says a roast, too. It
1: says a roast, too. And, uh, I'll think, find out things about me that I forgot.
0: Yeah, there might be some, uh, some zingers there that are... Uh, on the edge of uh, stinging or or somebody may take the opportunity to throw something in just
1: to smile about it I don't mind if somebody comes there and it's an older guy that's really telling the truth but I don't want no young guy to come down there and ramble on about Bill Dundee he does know nothing about Bill Dundee but that may happen too and if it does it does but there's enough stories around (laughs) Well, just that you'll own, good, up yeah, I'll own up to. i up to,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Jared Jarrett actually put something out on Twitter yesterday kind of teasing that uh, he was coming ready to, to to play ball in that roast, so get ready. Oh, good. Um, you, you. I don't think there's any rules against you. Uh,
1: firing back?
0: Firing back. I don't know. No, you, I'll maybe you're supposed it. to I mean, just I, sit there I and have, smile and take it. Yeah,
1: I have watched the Dean Martin roasts and all <laughs> the things that they do. The, the guy getting roasted is supposed to just on what you, when you watch them humbly sit, take in and bear it. Yeah. yeah so uh, I don't think it'll be anything too ridiculous. That that
0: might be a interesting podcast the week after that. Maybe that'll right. be your opportunity to take your shots. And you'll be
1: there to yeah. take some of the things, yeah, we, then we can put it on the podcast and yeah. I can answer them. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think
0: uh oh, oh uh um boy Tony Tony Falk has made it known that he's gonna be there also so he might be armed as well.
1: Yeah he was the,
0: I think we've talked about Cowboy Tony, Boy Tony, so he may have something ready yeah. for you. So, um, But it ought to be a, a fun night there celebrating your birthday on Bill Street with Randy Hales yeah. at Lawler's Place. I so believe out. I'm
1: 75, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Hard, yeah, it is. hard it's for stupid. me to believe until it uh, I do something stupid.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's uh, probably even harder for the guy um, that was probably in the ring with you in the last week or so that, took a punch from you that right. you threw in there so, pretty hard. So, so uh, yeah. I had to remember that, uh, he, who he was in the ring with.
1: Right. So, you know, you go and do that every now and again, just to give him, wake him up.
0: Um, I keep thinking of, of the kid, uh, you were in the tag team match and, uh, he was kind of the odd man out. And, uh, you laid one into him and said, you know, welcome to the main event kid. That's and, right. uh, he took his punch, but, um, You'll also be in uh, the South Haven over the next couple Fridays. South Haven, Mississippi. Yeah. Showing up and fans come out. You'll have books, pictures available. And um, you're still out there doing it. you got a full schedule. But um, it is October 24th. Randy Hills has got all the information. You can find him. He's going
1: to be there at Jerry Lawler's uh, nightclub or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, Hall of
0: Fame Hall of Bar and Hall Grill, 152 Bill Street. Uh, but Randy Hills always puts on a good event and he's Oh yeah, Randy's he's got his heart in this one.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. And the road spot I'm sure he does. Yeah.
0: And uh we'll we'll throw Randy a, a plug out. He's working hard on uh getting all of his Power Pro uh, Yeah he's uh, I think I don't know if he said he had 150, 200 episodes but he he's over
1: here this morning as a matter of really, fact. Really we missed was him. gonna redub some of them but I've never some dubbed down and some didn't, so I don't know if we was doing something wrong with my machine up there, or was, you just couldn't dub it down. You had it on a DVD, yeah. It would play and then it would just quit playing and say this can't be. Taught. So I don't really know what we did. We tried to dub some down today. So
0: well, I tell you what, between Twitter and Facebook, there's a lot of a lot of fans, a lot a lot of interest. A lot of people have made comments, and and um, I think that project's gonna gonna be well yeah. received and welcome.
1: So here's the other thing. Corey Mack was on a lot of them, and mm-hmm. he passed away. What?
0: Couple of years ago. Couple of
1: years ago. So nobody. Did, so that that'll be good to see Corey back and on the TV and that kind of stuff. And Dave Brown was the land trust part of that. So. It, it, yeah, it, I we watched one of them up there this morning, and it was it was a good show.
0: Yeah.
1: But Randy, you know how Randy is. He's very. Of course she yes. And passionate and about the wrestling business so it that's and it comes across.
0: And you can't help to get caught up in the excitement just by hearing him uh talk about the project.
1: Yeah, cuz he's excited.
0: Yes, he is. And and he ought to be. It's it's a a good body of work he ought to be yeah. proud of and and uh, everybody'll get to revisit it and
1: we have need the memories. Somebody to take this roast. Absolutely.
0: That's what we need to actually we need to do that. So We'll get started on that. But don't forget, October 24th, uh, Bill Dundee's birthday down on Bill Street at Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar Grill. And if you want to call down there and get any information or check out Randy Hills on Facebook, they'll have all the details and we'll update you here. Bill, somebody mentioned uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, and uh, you are actually in the uh, World Championship Wrestling, the WCW Hall of Fame, and you had some thoughts on that.
1: Well, nobody ever talks about it. So, and I understand, but that was a company back then too. And you know, you had that on your way in, and I obviously did that. So I'm in the WCW Hall of Fame. But who's in charge of that?
0: Mm, you don't want to know.
1: It's not Ted Turner no more. Ted liked me.
0: Yeah, uh, and I guess that's the value in it. You got in when it mattered, but uh, now you know. Uh, I guess Vince, when he bought everything, he. Bought the, he gets to decide to put it in the background or, or shine a light on it. So I don't know how that's going to turn out, but uh, maybe he'll see value in it one day and selling something. So, so Vince
1: owns
0: WCW. I, I, I'll have to. He uh, he bought the WCW name, the rights. So I would assume that the Hall of Fame went with that. I'll double check for you, but uh, I'm guessing that uh, that's why we don't hear about it is because he's in in charge. As he said before, he owns wrestling history he thinks that
1: you know well mr mcmahon i am in the wcw hall of fame and if you think about it let the world know thank
0: you can't change that okay (laughs) you don't have to talk about it but he can't change
1: my breath till we see it somewhere (laughs) i hear you
0: all right bill we're going through some of the world champions and uh came across nick bockwinkle Uh, you got a chance to work with him and work around him and uh, what was your opinion or ideas?
1: Well, as a human being, he was a class act. As a wrestler, he was one of the best. He was a class act at that too. I never really heard him say a bad thing about anybody or do the thing, so I had two or three matches with him. We'd come through here. He liked to wrestle. I liked to wrestle. So we, I think, had pretty good wrestling matches. So, But class act, you, you know, whatever he did, he was nice to the fans and when he was a heel he was he was very what would you say snubby type heel he never yeah. he didn't cuss him he didn't say nothing he would do it with big words
0: yeah he had that air about him that just yeah. pissed you off he didn't right. have
1: to yeah he just just looking at him would get you so yeah but I enjoyed working with him and knowing him as a person and a, and he was a class act that's all I can say
0: you know it seems in uh, most the interviews you see with uh, race or flair and from what you've said uh I don't think Memphis or coming to the Memphis territory was was high on their list or uh, liking to work. Did uh, what was Bockwinkel's thoughts about coming to Memphis?
1: He seemed like he enjoyed it. I mean, it, you know, he'd either work with Lawler or me, so the two different styles of matches, I you can. know, had a lot of work.
0: I guess the interviews I'm, I'm thinking of are, are uh, races, issues with uh, Lawler or. Uh, you know the lawsuit about the King deal the King Harley race and he just seemed to have a a, he said he liked the Tennessee territory that he originally started out but he just had a distaste for for Memphis I guess but probably connected just his feelings about Lawler yeah well
1: that was Vincent did that King of the Ring thing right
0: yeah and he wasn't too happy about um, Lawler included him in a, a montage clip of who he had beat that year or whatever and of course yeah well, wow. DQ win. Well, however, look, it, looked, it, it uh, race didn't like it, looking like he had lost
1: the. Lawler, to
0: Lawler, but yeah, that was part I mean, of that. All the. all Yeah, yeah, was that was racing. a part of I mean, yeah. the beauty of uh, of Memphis. Whoever came through, and then he got to put the clips together of. Right. Maybe including Andre or whoever. It just it was well, it he, was a good video to watch. Do, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Ten, ten guys hit the ring, go Andre down, while the covered in one, two, three. And it, so
0: team. you could argue that it was all true. Yeah, so.
1: but he, he beat him. And, so. he,
0: and if he got a DQ win over a, a Race and the only part that got showed was his hand getting raised, he still right. got a victory. Won, right, so I mean, but yeah. I, seemed to have stuck with Race about that. But, um, yeah, he said he didn't care about the lawsuit because Vince was going to pay it anyway about the king of the ring and yeah. the king, but... But uh, so Nick well, Where clinical. did that go?
1: I remember him starting it, but I don't know if he got any money or anybody got any money, did
0: they? I don't know if uh, if Vince had to pay Jerry something or they I all shook hands and he went to work and everybody good job just, for life, maybe. So who knows? Maybe, I don't know the negotiations, but I don't uh, know either. No, nobody's referring to uh, Harley Race as the king of the ring or King Harley anymore, so. I guess it all got worked out.
1: And it never really suited him. No, it uh, did. It I, didn't make it didn't no, make any sense. No, it didn't. To me, I, when I saw the deal, it, it just never suited him. Bobby Shane, King Bobby Shane, that suited Shane. King Jerry Lauder, that suited his personality and gimmick. But Harley Race, tough son of a bitch, it just never suited him. I didn't think anyway.
0: No, and the
1: the um, the. Um
0: cape and the crown and the yeah, whole thing just didn't just, fit him. It. I mean, it probably would have been uh, made more sense to, uh, for Bockwinkle to that take that attitude yeah. and be the snooty part to it but um, um, well I'm glad to hear you say uh, I've, I've normally run across when people give interviews that uh, Nick Bachwinkle was the class act that you would perceive him to be and that he was a
1: uh, and he was.
0: respectful worker and there yeah. was no, no hinky or bull to him so
1: He never cussed you out. He he just baffled you with these big words that he used. (laughs) (laughs) All right, for all you chicken breeders out there, if you're looking for new chicken coops, you call Chicken Partners at telephone 336-391-9773, and you will get a hell of a deal, and you'll get 10% off and tell them the superstar told you to call.
0: Hey Bill, we're here to talk about the Brick House Brown Memorial Show coming up August 25th, Saturday afternoon. Got some information on it? Yes
1: sir. It says a free live wrestling show in honor of Brickhouse Brown the memorial show. Now this is on live on historic Bill Street. Everybody in Memphis knows where that is. Everybody in the Mid South knows where that is. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So Reggie B Fine's going to be there. Bill Superstar Dundee's going to be there. King Cobra, Mad Dog, and many, many more. But here's the one I'm looking forward to seeing: The Rock's Daddy's going to be there. Rocky Soul Man Johnson. I ain't seen yeah. him in about ten years, so I'm looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to seeing all you nice folks down on Bill Street for a flea-free free, live wrestling show. And I'm going to turn it over to my compadre, Reggie B. Fine.
3: What's up, Superstar? How you doing, baby? Doing good, brother. Man, you know we got to pay honors to Brickhouse Brown, man. Yes, sir. 30 years in the big... No, 35, I think he told me. 35 years. He was a hell of a wrestler right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, you know better than I do. You've been in the game longer than me. I was tag team partner with him a long time. Well, you know, everybody know we lost him and Brian Christopher on the same day two weeks ago. And you know for a fact that Brickhouse Brown was a hell of a wrestler... Yeah. Drawed a lot of back African American people to that Mid-South Coliseum back in the day and they along with you Jerry Lawler Rocket Johnson all of y'all man y'all had draw a hell of a crowd a minute of sellout back in but well, we're gonna pay respect to Brickhouse Brown too man. It's this Friday. I mean this Saturday coming up not this Saturday, I'm sorry. Yeah, Saturday, the 25th. Start, the 25th of August.
0: Hey, Reggie, the meet and greets going to be at one. They're going to be live matches at two. Yes, sir. And uh, on Bill Street, you said that was in front of the New Daisy? Yeah, right okay. in front of New Day. the New Daisy. The ring right. going to be
3: set up, barricades and everything, meet and greet. Take King kisses. Cobra, Mad Dog Boy, the Rocky Johnson, you and the superstar. And every wrestler that's ever wrestled on the Memphis TV, anybody who knows Brickhouse Brown, y'all come on down. We're going to have like three live matches. We're going to have Precious and Tattoo and Johnny Dotson and a few all these oh, young guys that still can fly around. See, me and Bill are just going to be down there making the place look pretty. Ain't that <laughs> right, Superstar? That's right. it.
1: But right. the main thing is it's for a good cause. For the Brickhouse Brown Memorial. And like you said, I was in Louisiana with Brickhouse for two years. He got over like a son of a gun down there. Bill Watts loved him. So, Brickhouse, we're going to miss you, brother. So... Folks, come on down, pay your respects. It's a free live wrestling show on what date? August the 29th? 25th. 25th, 25th. Saturday the
3: 25th. Saturday the 25th. So see, we'll see y'all on Bill Street. <laughs> meet, meet and greet, like I said, is at 1 o'clock. Like I said, Bill Superstar Dundee gonna be taking yeah. pictures, signing autographs. We're gonna give away his firstborn. That'd be Jamie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna give him away, right? We, we're gonna try, but ooh, <laughs> mercy. Yeah, so any guys that wrestled, like I said, back in the day with us, we don't care from Freezer Thompson to, uh, uh, to, what's that dude, David Haskin, all y'all come on out, let's show a little respect to Brickhouse, and let's do a little memorial for him, Uh we're going to have a lot of special guests, I'm going to have Dave Brown down there, China 5, the news people going to be there, China 24 going to be there, I already got them lined up, commercial appeal, so it's going to be a lot of people down there playing respect, because we had a... Nice thing for Brian Christopher. King put him away real good, and I respect that. But we're going to try to do the same thing with Brickhouse. that Ramoria. You know, he was born and raised down in Florida. Yeah. So they had his actual Remoria in Florida this past week. So we're going to show our respect on this Memphis end, because he was down here 20 years. Yes, probably. he was. Yeah. And I know you know him. You done tied up with him a minute time. Yep. But we got the soul man, Rocket Johnson.
0: Woo. And that's going to be Saturday, August 25th. Meet and greet starting at 1 o'clock, live matches at
3: 2. And y'all are going to be out there meeting with the fans all the way up to 5, 6 o'clock, right there on Bill Street. Time. So, yeah. we'll see got you Good there. food, drink. we got everything down on Beale Street. And the guy that we're doing in front, that, uh, where the dude that's letting us help hold a wrestling match is, is a former wrestler too, was the Memphis Vice. You remember Big Lou Winston and Jerry Brown? Lou, yeah. Them, yeah, yeah. I remember
1: them, yeah.
3: I know that's in your era. You know, yeah, Big Lou and Jerry yeah, Bryant,
1: yeah, sure
3: was. Yeah, you know Jerry going home, but Big Lou is still around, and he gonna be out there talking a little stuff, and we gonna just try to make it, you know, make a nice peaceful day out of everything. You know, everybody come on out and meet and greet some of the old guys that been in Memphis for a while. I might even try to reach out to Jerry Lawley. he might come.
1: <laughs> All,
3: All right, right we, we gonna yeah, yeah, he hey, have a Yeah, he don't have a beer. clue on what kind of movie he in next week, 'cause you know he's still going through some, which I respect it, and I probably won't even say nothing to him because he's probably still, you know. Yeah, in this you know morning and stuff, but yeah, everybody, y'all come on out, superstar. I appreciate you having me on your show, man. All I right, really brother. do, man. I will come and do anything for you, bro. You know that, man. Oh, you yeah. got to do, but call me, man. We we've been around a long time, you and me, Reg. Be fine. Yes, sir. I Miss Texas. Reg be fine. Reg <laughs> be fine. I might need yeah. to get her to come down. huh? Her old King Parson, you know, I see old King Parson all the time. Yeah, yeah he down in Dallas with me. Still oh, getting around. Okay, still pumping. Well, get him in the back of your car and
0: bring him on. Kidnapping him on. All. all right, that's the Brickhouse Brown Memorial Show. Saturday, August 25th. Meet and greet start at 1 o'clock. See everybody out there.
3: Thanks. Bye.